Kim Hayden is a professional vocalist and songwriter from Dublin. After a successful run on The Voice of Ireland in 2013, she was asked to collaborate with well-known Irish artist Paddy Casey and has since gone on to release her own music. We talk about her experience on The Voice and the types of work she's been doing since. Ghost actually, my partner, is in that whole ad world and um, it was nothing to do with him at all. It was um, Larry Hogan, actually. Do you know Larry Hogan? I know the name, but I wouldn't. not familiar. Yeah, so Larry Hogan is, um, he runs a place called The Hope and um, I did a lot of demo work for him. So I'd like if there were songwriters that didn't sing, they would want a singer to, you know, demo their songs. Yes. So I used to do that all the time with him. And then he got approached about, they were looking for female singers for the Boots ad. And I was like, oh, right, I'm probably never going to get that, but I'll just put in a demo anyway. Yes. And then a couple of days later, he was like, yeah, you've been chosen to do it. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd love to get into that sort of thing, you know, but I think I just didn't have the confidence there for a few years, like, you know, but I'd, I definitely, I'm back in college now, obviously, so maybe, yeah. maybe after that. And have you done many other kind of, would you call it sync work? Yeah, well, that's what we're actually, Gus and I are focusing on at the minute. Um, so lockdown has been a bit of a blessing for that because I found before, we were always talking about doing it. And I think after I did the Boots campaign, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to be recording re-records and you know, of old songs and things like that. So he was like, right, let's do it. But the two of us were always gigging that we never really had the time to kind of sit in the studio and do it. So since lockdown started, we have been just pumping out kind of demos and stuff like that. Mm. So we're just hoping that something breaks through, but we're kind of aiming towards the whole like Netflix thing and Amazon and stuff like that. So hopefully, I mean, the competition is huge, but it's just to be working at something because obviously at the minute, it's just so like weird for musicians. You know. It's it's crazy, but I think yeah. the route that you're kind of focused on at the minute is yeah. seems very, like a very practical and realistic route, and it's yeah. you know it's something that you as you said you hadn't had time to kind of focus on before, so you're making yeah. great use of it now. You know, so yeah. maybe wouldn't it be cool to get on like something on Netflix or that? Because I like I'm obsessed with you know watching Netflix and stuff, especially you know with lockdown as well. You go through binge watching of it and everything. Oh, yeah. But we did so much research of you know seeing what was being used in the the episodes and the seasons of stuff and it was like a lot of them are re-records of old kind of 90s 80s tracks just totally reconstructed into different versions and I was like I would love to do that you know um, and yeah. so we started doing that now and then adding in the odd original as well but um yeah I think it just it is a really nice world to be in as well because it's just like you, it feels like you know, I always kind of was like, oh, it's covers. But if you're making it your own, it's kind of like you're reconstructing the whole song, which is great. How yeah. do you make a, a cover your own? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, like how, how does the process work? We kind of like, you know, we'd hear a song and go, look, do you think we could do a good version of that? And there's obviously songs that I would not go near because, you know, they could be just two classic songs and you're mm -hmm. just like, no, I can't touch that. Um, if the production and everything is just already amazing on it. but um. First of all, we go, look, can we realistically do a good version of this and then kind of decide if we can and then just mess around with it on the piano, kind of see what sounds nice. We'll change a couple of the chords and if it's working, we'll just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Mm. And would you change up the instrumentation much or yeah, even like the vocal melody? Would you mess around with the vocal melody much or the structure yeah. even? You see, I'm real kind of picky like that because I'm like, you know, obviously being a songwriter myself as well, I'm like, I don't want to be disrespectful and completely change the song because I've heard that done before sometimes. I'm like, oh, why did they do that with that song? But like, I would like to kind of change parts of it where it's like, you're not 
copying the actual vocal itself you know you're making yeah. it sound like a different version or a more modern version to like what the 80s sounded like or whatever you know so yeah I, I actually seen um I can't remember the guy's name but if I if I can find if I can think of it after I can I can see his face in my head but I can't think of his name um so I'll put a link in the in the description afterwards but he had a video I think it's on YouTube, so hopefully I can send, I can share it. Um, he had a video and he was describing, I think it was him anyway, he was describing about um, kind of reworking songs to make them your own. And like his kind of golden rule was leave the verse, the first verse, the way the original is. Leave the, the first chorus the way the original is and then play with it after that. So that you're kind of paying respect to the original um, yeah. melody and the songwriter and the, the vocalist yeah. who made it famous or whatever um, but then you can put your own spin in it after that so I thought that was an interesting kind of concept that is yeah because yeah that's really really good because I even think like you know sometimes when we do them like there is ones that we try and we end up working on it for like two weeks and then going look it's just not working throw it yeah. away and then go back to something else but like um, what was saying there oh yeah so usually what happens is we do end up throwing them away if they're too unrecognisable at the start because I just think people actually kind of sometimes can get a bit annoyed by that they're like why did yeah. they yeah so yeah so by by easing them in to the yeah. to like like because people love to hear songs that they know you know which is yeah. kind of part of the reason why cover bands do so well and in yeah. venues and wedding bands and all the rest as well because like, it's, it's a bit of nostalgia too isn't people like to kind of hear the songs that they they grew up to or the songs they you know they they got married to or whatever it is like you know so yeah. right. did you ever go down the wedding band route yeah I did wedding bands for God, I think I started in my first wedding band when I was 22 and then right up until I'm 33 now. So right up until, you know, lockdown. <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah, because I remember actually in the competition we were the same age and I was like, ah! <laughs> but um, yeah, so since lockdown started, I was gigging right up until that. And then, you know, obviously that whole wedding scene just kind of collapsed. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah I know and I think it was tough as well because a lot of the grants that were being handed out weren't for wedding bands they were for kind of you know artists like create you know um original artists and stuff like that I yeah. don't know was there, was there any grants going for wedding bands no no not at all no like I was always kind of in somebody else's wedding band I never had my own one so like I was always working for somebody else but I've um you know, when lockdown happened and the weddings kind of died out, I just kind of decided when I started recording again, um, because I took a bit of break or a little break from recording. But when I started again, I was like, look, I want to just do this for a while now. And it kind of just made me fall in love with that. So I was like, oh, like, I don't think I'd go back for a while, even, you know, to the weddings. It, does, it takes a lot of energy to be gigging yeah. so often and you're kind of have to be full on energetic, you know, because yeah. you're, you know, if you're playing weddings, you need people to get up and dance and, you know, yeah. is a and lot. I just love it. Like, you know, like, did you, you don't wedding yourself as well? Not like, really. I, I, I kind of started to dabble in uh, like going to auditions and stuff for wedding bands, like just before I started college. Cause I was kind of in, in a place where in my life where I, I like, I left retail and I was kind of tr trying to figure out what direction to go in. I knew I wanted to do something in music, but I didn't re quite know how to do it or, or where to start. Yeah. So I did go for a few auditions Um, and I did, like I got into a couple of wedding, a couple of different bands, one wedding band and then another kind of cover band thing, but they just didn't, they just didn't go ahead. Like they weren't my projects, they were someone else's projects and like, yeah. you know, I'd have 
a specific person ringing me and like he rang me a lot um, a good few times over the space of a year or two and then just nothing ever happened so I was like eh. and then I was like you know what I'm going to go back to college so I went back to college and said so if I didn't go back to college I probably would be in the wedding band thing now yeah that's the thing like it's just it's mad how sometimes paths can just go different ways than you expect you know and I think that's exactly what happened with me with lockdown I was like I really panicked when it happened and I, I'm sure every musician in the world did they were like what's gonna happen now you know but it just made me fall in love with recording again and then obviously I started teaching online as well um, and I just kind of went oh look I kind of am appreciating getting a bit of a break from the gigs because I'd just done it for so long and as you mm-hmm. say it requires such energy every weekend and you know I loved it but I am getting a bit older now as well and I'm kind of like I'm just enjoying kind of the whole creative process and you know in my 20s it was really easy kind of going around doing it but I would like I'm not saying I'd never do a wedding again but I would do them but just not at the extent I was doing them at years yeah yeah I'm like you've done you've done a good bit of recording over the years so um Let's go to The Voice of Ireland, if that's okay. We can chat oh, yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. Which I didn't even know you did, did until you? I went researching for this interview. Oh, I don't God. know how I did. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Oh. And I went, anyway, you did really well in it. How many episodes did you, how many weeks did you end up staying for? Was it about six or seven? Um, I think, yeah, I got up to the semi-final, which to be honest, I don't know how because a couple of my performances when I look at them now, I'm like, oh my God. Like, first of all, why the hell would you pick a Whitney Houston song to sing? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was only 23 when I did it. Like, it's 10 mm. years next year, which is mad. Um, but, like, I think, with, you know, if, if it was ever to happen again, I would love to do a show like that again. But just to go into it with the experience of knowing exactly what suits your range and what kind of you want to sound like as an artist. Whereas then I look at myself and I'm like, I didn't have a clue about watch a sing I think I'd watched X Factor for so many years and I was thinking you have to pick these big songs you have to kind of but like you know I did really enjoy the experience and it makes you learn a lot very quickly um but I would recommend for people to do it but just be prepared you know of what you're gonna sing and stuff like that you know because at the end of the day you're out in front of a lot of people (laughs) and you just yeah it's all about preparation really yeah. yeah, I I um I chatted to another guest at one point about because he actually did the Voice of Ireland as well. He was in the very first season, I think it was. Yeah. What season was it you were in? I was in the first season as well. Oh, do you do you remember Connor Ryan? Yeah, I gigged with Connor as well in the wedding band scene. No way! Yeah. yeah, that's that's who I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about that, you know. Um, I had a, like a quick little look at a couple of the videos today and I was just like listened to some of the feedback some of the judges gave you and I it was, it was just going through my mind what were you thinking when you were getting feedback and did you did you learn from the feedback or did you find it difficult to take or you know how how did that kind of yeah. feel for you? Yeah good question because I remember the first week that I went on I was absolutely petrified I'd sang a Coldplay song and you know, I, I was so terrified. It was the first live show. And like that, I just wasn't prepared. But then I remember I expected to go home that night because I just got absolutely hammered by the coaches, you know, and I was like, I'm going home. First live show. I'm that person, you know. <laughs> but then I got through and I was like, look, I have one opportunity now to kind of show that I can sing and that I can perform. And I just was like, I remember having a chat with Brezzy actually backstage and he was like, Kim, you know, you wouldn't have got through to the live shows if you can't sing. 
but you need to control your nerves like you have to or else you are going to go home next week yeah I was like right okay get myself together and I think that that's what I do with my students now a lot as well because I experienced so much of stage fright and stage anxiety um, and I overcame it it's just something that I love kind of injecting into people because it's so hard to get through that I don't know if you ever experienced it yourself that whole kind of stage panicky thing but you know it's- yeah I feel like I a very long time ago I did and yeah like then for years I I never I, I felt anxiety definitely felt anxiety but more social anxiety um yeah. but for years I didn't really feel nervous gigging yeah. or performing but then I had an experience it, it wasn't quite performing but I, I went to like a workshop um down in Cork and there was this um performance coach called KJ Rose and she was like she was like really intense like for an Irish bunch of girls like you know like she was brilliant but it was so it was she really challenged us like she you know yeah. we had to get up and like do different tasks that she was asking and she asked me to get up to do a task and I had to like perform a song and then she was giving me different directions and asking me to do different tasks you know to kind of help build on the song but I just had a panic attack like and I really felt that feeling of the dry mouth my heart was pumping out of my chest I was I was fidgeting I was like w- nearly walking backwards out the door she's like where are you going I'm like nowhere I'm just really nervous yeah. <laughs> and it, I was really glad to have that experience because I felt um yeah. I needed that reminder because yeah. it's sometimes when students come in they're nervous you're like come on don't be nervous but like sometimes you can't help it sometimes you just need to really work on it yeah and I just like I just really remember that feeling so well I've been on the stage and it was just like my whole body was trembling. And then all I saw was this like red light in front of me. And it's like, that's the live camera. And I just was like that whole, I think it was a minute, 30 seconds you have of the song. And I just remember coming off going, what was that? Like, just what was that? And then you can't do anything about it. And you're like, oh my God. And I just remember getting really annoyed at myself because I was like, look, you have been gigging, you know, the last five years. I know I was only 23, but I'd started when I was 18. And I was like, it's just ridiculous that you let it do that to you. And it's just kind of getting past that, you know, that anxiety of, um, I don't know, it's just an odd thing that happens when when you get on stage sometimes. Like I don't get it anymore, but God, I remember it so well, yeah. What would be like, like the biggest piece of advice that you could, you would give a student or somebody who is, who is feeling just so nervous and really struggling with, with um, performance issues or performance anxiety? Um, You know, it's really kind of how bad do you want it? Like, you know, in how, how bad do you want to be in the industry? Because, you know, it's like, I remember saying that to myself as well. And, you know, you can't, if you want to do this as a job, you can't perform with you know obviously it is healthy to get nervous but you can't let the nerves control you because it's just unenjoyable then so if you want to have an enjoyable experience of being in the industry and being a performer you have to be in charge of of your body and your anxiety and you know so it's really how bad you want yeah. to do it um and you know and just to believe in themselves as well because um you know to be able to even put yourself in front of me or yourself you know being a student and and sing they obviously have some amount of confidence to do that so mm-hmm. you know it's like you're able to do it so just hold that feeling and kind of you know just hang on to it and be in control yeah. of it. I yeah. guess it's about like showing a student what they can what they can focus on like breathing and yeah. like you know positive affirmations um yeah. and like 
focusing on the goal that they want to reach as well you know things like that yeah and being realistic about it as well I think it's like you know it does take time to develop yourself and your craft and everything and try not to rush into it and I think that that's what I did very young and I think I felt pressure from you know being the age under 25 and you know I was kind of like oh I need to do this before I get to 25 and now I'm like 33 and I'm like what's the panic about just slow pace is better Mm -hmm. than you know rushing into stuff and yeah yeah when you're younger you feel like you need to like be settled down we have married have a good have a good job all this stuff (laughs) by the time you're 30 like you know and then you get to 30 and it's like yeah no we'll we'll make it 40 (laughs) and we get to 40 it's probably gonna be the same you know (laughs) I'll do that yeah yeah (laughs) I know and what was it like doing the battle was was the battle you got through the battle because I I had a quick look at it today but um what was it like what was that what was the feeling like knowing that you're battling with like a a fellow contestant to like stay on it was so weird because Rory Quinn was actually in it that year as well okay yeah so um it's funny me and Rory since that um competition in Bondi all those years ago we have been always kind of connected in the industry you know in the last 10 years but uh yeah, he did the the battle that night as well. And we were traveling in together in and out to the Helix. And I remember we were always kind of, you know, we can do this, you know, we can do this and everything. And it it feels like you're going out in like a gladiator ring or something like that, you know, oh, cool. steps and but it felt kind of weird as well because you know, at the end of the day, it's like I do kind of disagree with the competition thing, a singer against a singer, because obviously, you know, everybody has different strengths and everybody, you know, what Alva had I didn't have and what she had you know that kind of vice versa thing and it's like you know it's yeah there was something I I look back on now and I didn't agree with the whole battle thing but I suppose it is entertainment it's a tv show and that's just if you don't want to do it don't do it but Mm. yeah it it does give a bit of a weird feeling it's like bittersweet kind of yeah yeah. I know what, exactly what you mean because yeah. like uh, we've obviously we met at a, t- at a talent show like the first time <laughs> we ever met was at a talent show in Stillorgan like yeah. um, and the both of us have gone down the talent show route now I didn't go down the route of going on the TV show although I did audition for X Factor years ago when I was like 16 but didn't get on the TV but oh. um, I don't like competitions either and like I never I don't like sending any of my students I don't like putting them forward for competitions. Yeah. Um. If they want to, I'll help them to prepare. But I ne- I just don't like the idea of competition. I think it's just so, it's just not very nice. And a lot of the time, it's the way things are. The way things are formulated is for entertainment, or you know, like a lot of the pub competitions are like it's not whoever has the best talent. It's whoever brings the most people. Oh, to yeah. Fire. Do you know? Yeah. I think that's that's kind of very deflating after a while and you kind of feel like why am I putting my heart and soul into this if I'm not going to get picked yeah like every competition I came in I came second oh every yeah, competition I, I was like number one spot so close but <laughs> so far I know you're like I'm sick of coming second um I know but it was the same with me I, I mean like I don't know how many competitions I did when I was younger as well and I never won them ever yeah and it was like as you say it's yeah whoever's bringing the most amount of money into the bar and all that and it does kind of dishearten you and it's the same a couple of my students are like you know they've done a couple of competitions and they're like oh you know I never win I never win and I'm like well don't take it to heart I know as hard it is you know to take that in it is just something you learn with with age as well you know that it's just 
I remember how upset to get from these competitions, you know. I know yeah. it is. It's it's very hard to have a tough skin, you know, and it's yeah. not for everyone. It's and it's and I can't, I honestly think it could put some people off. I really do. Oh yeah. If my yeah. if I have a student who wants to go for a, a competition, I'll yeah. always say to them, look. Mm. competitions are really difficult to win they're not easy to win and it might just be that you're not what they're looking for on the day yeah want to do it learn use the process to learn to conquer your nerves learn to sing in front of people you don't know uh, learn to challenge yourself to learn a song every week for whatever it is you know take take things from it and learn from it and then use that like don't focus on the win like go and do your best exactly just enjoy the audience participation, the performance of it, all that. And yeah. enjoy like building up your set list as well, you know? You yeah. All these songs and you can Yeah. Especially teenagers when they're when they're old enough to go gig and they'll have like a little set list of songs okay. you know, from doing all these That's uh, all the competitions. Because I remember as well, uh, you probably remember this from them, that like you'd have a song picked and then if you heard somebody else doing the same song, like that was detrimental to know you're like no my song's gone so it's yeah. always good to have like backup you know have a list of songs that you feel as good about you know than the one you might have chosen you know and actually that just makes me think of something that I could just say um is advice about that so I'm really bad at learning lyrics off so I really struggled with that when I anytime I was doing any kind of audition or competition um yeah. but what I would say if I was looking back is I should have been building up a set list. So what I always say to my students now is let's build your set list. Let's literally write, have an A4 page, write set list at the top. Every time we do a song, we write it on it. So yeah. then when you go to do an audition, you have this whole set of songs that you can choose from that, you, that you've worked on. Because otherwise you're like, if you're someone like me who finds it difficult to learn lyrics off, it's like panic. And then when you're stressed trying to get it done as well, that can like make it even worse right oh yeah yeah it's horrible like I don't know the whole lyrics thing with me I always find some songs I know like I could listen to them twice and I'd know it and then some it'll take me like a month to learn the lyrics it's just yeah. weird, the whole lyrics thing isn't it <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely it's definitely like to do with I suppose the way you learn stuff as well you know yeah um so then after the voice yeah you got asked to collab with a very well-known Irish artist called Paddy Casey. Yes. Yeah, How did yeah. that come about? Do you want to tell us about that experience? Yeah, like that was amazing um, because I've always been a massive fan of Paddy. I think he's one of the best Irish songwriters out there. Um, and I just, I remember coming off the show and it was about like six months and I cried my eyes out in the semi-final <laughs> when I got thrown out and uh, you know he he was kind of liking a couple of things on my page and I was like is that actually his page I was thinking <laughs> he didn't believe page, page or something and then um he sent me a message and he was like you know great performance on on the show and I was like oh thanks so much and he was like oh do you write and I was like well I've only started because I had only started in my early 20s yeah and he was like well you know would you be up for writing a track and I was like are you serious and he was like yeah yeah and I was like yeah. <laughs> so we just um yeah, I, I went down to his house and we started writing and we came out with Out of Control. We wrote another few tracks then as well. Um like we always kind of say we're gonna do another song, but you know, obviously at the minute it's so hard to kind of even drive to anybody's house. 
but I think we will eventually do another one but that was yeah that was an incredible experience yeah yeah it's a lovely song as well I'll pop the link in the description if anyone uh, wants to listen to it who hasn't heard it and so after that whole experience happened that was probably like a whirlwind for a few weeks like what what did you gain from that and what did you what did you learn from that whole experience I think it really kind of made me believe in myself as a songwriter because I'd started songwriting after the voice kind of thinking right I have to get original stuff out now and I've been writing bits and pieces but I kind of was like oh I don't really like that I'm not a real songwriter I can't do this kind of thing and but then when I started writing with Paddy it kind of made me realize that I could write and you know I, I watched how he processed you know a song and stuff like that and I learned so much from the songwriting world from him um, and you know that feels amazing that I've, I've done that and um, then obviously I toured with him um, when we were releasing the song we did like Vicar Street and Wheelands and stuff like that together and that was amazing as well and um, wow. so and then we did I actually got to perform in the Olympia which is like one of my big goals with them um, for a charity event which was amazing wow. so yeah that was kind of all mad and it was nice because when the voice was over I kind of just thought oh my music career is over now you know it's yeah strange. but then when I got that I was like oh yeah I you know I kind of felt like not like a loser so. yeah, I know but that's the thing though like at the end of the day these shows like you you're you're there you get the spotlight and you have a bit of momentum but then once yeah. they're finished with you they're moving on to the next contestant oh, yeah. so do you know they like conveyor belt it really is and I yeah. knew that kind of ha- I didn't know what entering the show like that I'd gone for the x factor um like yourself a few times before the voice but never got onto the the tv stage um and then I remember when I did get the call for the voice that I got onto it I was like oh amazing like this is going to make me for life kind of thing but when I seen the process throughout I kind of went this is you know you're, they're just churning them out and then next season you know is the new kind of group and so it is it's such pressure like it really is yeah yeah I know yeah. it's so hard like uh, people yeah. are always saying to like probably you as well and me like go, yeah. why, why don't you go on the voice why don't you go on the voice I'm like no I just I just I don't know I just don't think it's for me like you know and the reason being was I suppose I went down the more um I went down the like being in a band songwriter route after yeah after like that competition and stuff that was kind of the start of me like just before I started a band um yeah. but you also released a, an album and a couple of sing- an EP and then the single with Paddy as well didn't you yeah I released um the single with Paddy and yeah so we're thinking about releasing another one as well um at some point um, that was that's called yeah, out, of control. Like, yeah. out of control anyone, yeah. yeah but yeah you'll probably hear this and be like would you ever start writing with me again because he's always <laughs> you know, saying we should do something and I'm saying it, but it's just kind of, I don't know, I think just life gets in the way sometimes, but especially at the minute, it's just mad. But yeah, and then I released my own EP um, as you well. You Woman. Yes, um, which is out on Spotify now as well. So I would love if anybody could have listened to it. Yeah, um, it's, there's actually some really lovely songs on it. I had a little oh. listen as well. There's some lovely, uh, there's one that you did with um, another guy. Yeah. You, uh, was that The Other Woman? The song The Other yes. Woman? No, it's called um, Trouble. Oh, that one's trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. That okay. one was beautiful. I loved that one. The the two that was gorgeous. Yeah. So Ben actually, it was funny how we met. Um, he was in a competition called Teen Stars because Ben he's really really young. Um, well he's I think he's twenty or twenty one now. Um, but he's got his own band called Dakota now, who are uh, amazing. 
Um, but I met him when four years previous, I think he was 16. And I was judging a competition called Teen Stars that he was in. And I just remember being blown away by his voice. And when I wrote Trouble then, I was like, this has to be a duet. Like I wanted to be a duet and I could hear Ben's voice on it. And I just asked him, did he want to do it? And he did it. So yeah he his voice is really stunning and I was I was like wonder what age he was in the video like but he, he does look very young but his yeah. voice sounds so mature I know like really mature I couldn't believe it when I was doing the, the teen stars and I he got up and sang and I was like this is ridiculous like you know he's just so natural and you know he sounded like a recording artist when he was 16 yeah. It's amazing, yeah. really, really amazing. Yeah. And um, you've also done other recording work as well. Like I think I saw you post, and I think it was a Stuart Gray you were doing a bit of yeah. session work with, and probably some other people as well. Do you want to tell us a bit about that side of the industry and that kind of side of session work and yeah, uh, recording did, vocals for other people and stuff? Yeah, that's um, it's an interesting one that because I did a lot of that with Larry actually, the um, the guy yeah. who did the Boots campaign with, but he would get a song from, you know, it could be a songwriter from Australia or America or whatever. And they just, you know, can't sing the song themselves. So they'd get a singer to do it. But it's unusual because you'd get all different styles, you know, country music, rock music, pop. And you have to kind of just adjust your voice to that style. And um, because the songwriter is expecting to hear it exactly how they imagine it, you know. Yeah. Um, and then with Stuart, I first start working with him. I think it was straight after The Voice as well because I met him during The Voice because he was actually doing some guitar session and on, on, on stage and stuff like that. So oh, cool. we got chatting and everything and then we start working together. I mean, his studio is incredible. I love it. Yeah. You should visit so. it. Have you been there? Yeah, I actually did. I went, I recorded like vocals for what was the name of the album now I actually can't even remember the name of the album it's gone out of my head this kind of obscure artist like it was like the album was kind of a an amalgam of like lots of different kind of styles of music it seemed like he was kind of just throwing it out there seeing what happened but it was really cool I got to record back and vocals and stuff on like loads of songs but it was a really challenging day in the studio actually really yeah I found it very challenging because I thought I was going in to do like one song (laughs) and then it was like you're actually doing like the whole album, which was like 12 songs or something. And then it was like, we oh also went to on this other song. And I, what? In one day, you did do 12 songs? Yeah, in the whole, in, in one day. And then it was like, like, I would have a decent ear for like harmonies, but like, usually when I did session jobs beforehand, it was like the person would send me the music and I'd get time to like work it out. And I'd yeah. have the the harmonies kind of learned off, but I I was having to come up with it with songs I only just heard for the first time on the spot, and like I was so paranoid that I wasn't doing a good job for the whole day, like. But like listening back to the songs, they sound pretty good, like so. It wasn't uh-huh. done too bad, but it was very difficult. It was very very challenging. <laughs> <laughs> Go girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the studio was me. That's amazing. That's impressive. <laughs> Yeah, and to not be prepared for it as well, to just be told, oh yeah, we're doing 12 songs. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like I kept I kept saying, you, can you send me on the songs so I can like listen to them first? He's like, yeah, just kept kind of fobbing me off. But, and we got in there like, but like they were so professional, like and the songwriter was was super, super nice. Um, really interesting guy. Um, I loved just some of the songs on the album. Like it was just such a diverse album, you know. But it, it's kind of cool doing that kind of session work because yeah, you get to sing in different styles and maybe what you wouldn't normally do, you know, if you're yeah. your own songwriting and stuff, which is which is part of the joy of being a vocalist. You're know, not just an artist, but a vocalist because you get to sing all these different styles. 
Yeah, no, I do. That's actually such a good point because from the session work, yeah, you get to actually, yeah, you feel like you're a vocalist because you've been hired in to do a job yeah. and it could be totally out of what you're used to doing song-wise, but you just do it because you've been hired to do it. And that's, it, it feels nice, doesn't it? It's, it's, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. And so, you know, like if you're sent a song, you were saying about having to like kind of morph into like different genres and stuff like that. Like, how would you go about that? What's the process of like learning to sing a rock song or something like that? I say, I think with myself, I um, have, because people always say to me, what's your favorite kind of type of music? But I love like from classic to rock. I love absolutely everything. Like one day, it depends what mood I'm in. One day I could be listening to rock all day. The next yeah. day I could to classical music all day. But obviously I do love pop stuff. Yeah. But I think, you know, if I have been sent um, a kind of a rockier type song, I just kind of throw on a rock album and kind of sing along to it and get myself in that zone. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's the best way to kind of approach it for me anyway. Would you find that or how do you kind of? Yeah, definitely like yeah. like listen to the music of the genre or or like pick yeah. a specific artist that I want to kind of channel. I yeah. know I read uh, an interview you did online. If I think it was a, I don't know who it was with actually, but you said um, you mentioned Annie Lennox as one of the one of the vocalists that you love, and I love her as well. She's amazing. Oh, she's, she's so good. Like, I just love her. I remember like one of my favorite songs ever is "No More I Love You." Um, but it's, yeah, it's one of my favourites. And I remember like when I was about eight, um, I heard it first and I just kept like putting on repeat. I think my mom had a CD of Annie Lennox. And it when you listen to it now, the lyrics are actually quite dark. You know, it's about mm. demons and all this kind of thing. And I was like, I was obsessed with that when I was so young. But I was fascinated by her voice. I just thought it was just so haunting and beautiful. And yeah, I love her. It's really just about like a little bit of mimic mimicking as well, like you know, putting yeah. on the artist and trying to like mimic what they do and trying to create the tone or the, you know, whether it's breathy or a bit of growl or whatever it is, trying to like mimic that and find your way to to do it. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah, because it's amazing how they all kind of set a tone. Like Kate Bush as well is another one that I absolutely love. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, she just has that kind of thing where it's hers, and so does Annie Lennox, and it's just. I love kind of figuring out how they're getting their voice to sound like that as well. It's They're using different sections of their voice and, you know, Kate Bush is very falsetto. Um, and it's like, how do they just kind of do it so perfect as well? I, I get fascinated by that. Yeah. And I'm just wondering as well, like, because I myself, I would have came from like, obviously I'm I do coach coaching now, um, yeah. but I spent the last few years like studying that and like learning kind of how to to do that but for me it was a process of like for be many years being a performer and a singer but then people were like you should sing you should you should teach singing and I'm like I don't know how to teach singing but then it was it was just about a process of like figuring out what was happening with the voice and like how yeah. I was making the sounds I was making and how to improve the sounds I was making yeah so how did you figure that out did you do it all by ear did you do any vocal coaching yourself like uh as in did you get lessons yourself or any training yeah. I did a couple of lessons with um Kathy Vard actually um from the Vard sisters a few years back um it was just after the voice actually I was like right I'm gonna get a few singing lessons and um I felt like I needed to do it for my confidence as well because I did feel a little knocked after the whole thing um but I went and did a few with her, which was amazing because she's very relaxed and everything. Um, but that was the only vocal lessons I did in my whole life. Um, yeah. The rest of it was just like yourself, just kind of getting fascinated by how different singers use their voice. And 
I'm very kind of dynamic driven with my coaching. Like I'm all mm. about like the whole soft singing and then singing loud. Whereas it doesn't always have to be big to sound good, you know? And yeah. I love that. Like I love that whole thing. And then also the emotion as well, connected to lyrics and stuff like that. That's what I kind of base my whole thing around. Um, yeah, so important isn't it yeah I think, I think sometimes people get too caught up in like the technique and they forget about the connection to the lyrics and that kind of thing yeah yeah that's the thing and that's why I was kind of always very scared to get too much training I know you can never learn enough but you know I didn't want to sound technically amazing do you mm-hmm. know um I wanted to kind of have those little flaws and places where it kind of sound nice you know like imperfections are lovely in vocals as well like obviously it has to be in tune and everything else but you know I just sometimes I find too trained doesn't sound it's just not what I kind of like it loses some soul I think you know yeah Yeah. definitely like singers that I know who are technically brilliant like they could riff you you know around the house or whatever riff 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 rings around you (laughs) should I say but you know I wouldn't necessarily like the sound of their voice or I wouldn't be moved by what they're singing exactly that's the thing like because you know you hear as you just said you hear some singers and they do all this agility and they're doing all these runs and you're like wow that's amazing but I wouldn't feel anything from it you know Mm. And then I could hear the likes of Billie Eilish, who isn't the biggest, which well, is the biggest artist in the world at the minute, but she's not a belter, but her voice just does it for me. I just think, you know, she's yeah. so emotive and that's what I absolutely love. I love that whole kind of emotional singing. That's- yeah. Billie Eilish, I I, I I couldn't stop talking about Billie Eilish like for, for the last couple of years. I just felt like it was really exciting that, that, the younger generation are were being introduced to like a singer that doesn't just sound like Adele. Like we didn't want another Adele. Do you know I what I'm know. saying? Even though Adele's amazing. I how I felt. Yeah. It's like just something with a little bit more character. It doesn't sound like everything else that's coming off the, what did Picking you call purpose. it? Yeah. Yeah. Because music in the last five years, you know, I think kind of styles for me, the early 2000s, it really kind of started to turn into the one kind of sound. Um, like I love 90s, 80s, 70s and everything before that as well. But 2000s, early 2000s, I felt was excellent. But then after that, kind of, it was like everything just sounded the same. But then mm-hmm. when Billie Eilish came out and MGK, I love as well, because he's kind of bringing back that whole, you know, punk sound. Who's MGK? I don't think I know who that is. Machine Gun Kelly. Never heard of him. I don't think. You have to check him out. He's so good. Is he like a new artist? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's he. Um, I think he got album of the year or something with the MTV Awards. Oh wow! I must check him out. Yeah, he's really good. But like, the two of them for me are just kind of you know, as you say, they don't sound like everybody else. And Billie Eilish, it is amazing because so many of my students, and you probably noticed this as well, they love singing her songs, and I'm mm. delighted because she is a really, really amazing artist. So rather than coming in and singing the typical kind of Adele's or the Whitney Houston's and all that, it's just nice to kind of hear something different, you know? Yeah, and I and I think when when um when singers are very young, they don't necessarily have the ear yet um to kind of hear all the different nuances that, that are in certain singers' voices. So they just sing at kind of everything in the one voice quality and the one volume type thing, you know? But yeah. I think that's just part of the process. Like, you know, as as you you perform more and sing more and learn more about the voice and listen to more music you start absorbing absorbing um all these different elements and your musicality gets better and then things start falling into place then with the voice as well 
Yeah, that's so true because like, don't get me wrong, I love Adele and I love Whitney Houston and God, they're amazing. But, you know, I think for younger singers listening to them and I made that mistake as well, you know, trying to sing big, massive vocalist songs isn't really the best way to find your voice. I think it's starting off with the more kind of timid vocals and figuring out if you can go to those places rather than just giving yourself the shock of trying to sing one of the biggest songs of all time or something and realizing that that's just and it can knock your confidence as well because like why can't I do that you know so yeah like, less is more I think <laughs> yeah you're so right because mm-hmm. I don't know if there's something about how it like the f- like I remember I sang a song in a talent show um it was like in a the local kind of nightclub um yeah back in my hometown in Newbridge um it was called uh Swift Scott Talent <laughs> yeah. and um I remember I sung True Colours you know Cindy Lauper oh, I love that song yeah and I was wor- like I had been doing the doing the competition with like a band like my band were performing with me um which was which is my first experience ever performing with, with a band it's when I first put my band together but for this one song we decided just to do it with me and the the piano player yeah and me and him worked together like to kind of uh landscape the song dynamically and I felt weird singing so softly and like gently I was like I'm not really singing I'm almost like whispering and he was like no no I swear do this and it'll it'll work out so well for you and honestly I think it was one of the songs that got the biggest reaction in out of all the songs that I did, yeah. did Beyonce, did everything like, yeah. and that was one of the songs people just really connected with it. I remember a friend saying to me, "You look the look in your eyes. You looked so sad and like it was just so moving." You just think, captured the audience with it. Yeah, it just really showed me. You, you still captured the audience. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to hear that. It's on, it's on, on, um, it's on um, YouTube, but like, Jesus, it was years and years ago, you know. I've gone on to check that out because I, I love that song and I love your voice as well. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't oh. sing enough, though. I don't know about you, but like, and you're actually pretty good. You're one of the people that does put up covers regularly enough. Like you do even little snippets here and there. Yeah, I try my best. Like I find like they do take up time because, you know, like as I do get, you know, I did a kind of a run a good run of them I think a couple of years ago I was putting them up every week you know on my Facebook yeah. page and I was taking requests and stuff like that but now that I've started recording again I find it's just kind of it does take time to go in and pick a cover and be happy with it and you know it like it does because people I think sometimes think you just sit down and do it and it's a few minutes and you pop it up but like I'm so picky yeah <laughs> you're like going through it yeah analyzing everything no I don't like that need to change it or whatever but I yeah I I'm like yourself I want to get a bit more regular with the videos as well like singing videos it's because it makes you feel good as well doing them you know it does and I don't know what it is like we just I think it's just like a fear of like being being told where it's not good like to know or something but I kind of think we should just put it out anyway because at the end of the day you know everyone's going to like what you do anyway so yeah. you can't expect everyone to like what you do you no. know and like genuinely there's always so much amazing support for anything that we put up like you know and yeah. that's such a boost you know but it does take time like I put one up when did I put it up oh, it was just before Halloween I think around Halloween around that time I put up um one cover um which I learned from it though because I had recorded just a just the voice and I didn't record any video 
um my boyfriend was like you have to put a video up like people like to see a video and oh like, yeah. yeah oh for god's sake so then I had to go and try and like like do the playback you know and like mime along to my song which was really hard because I hadn't got the rhythm down on the song yet either so every time I sung it it was a bit oh. different so the video was a bit dodged but um at least someone they have you have something to look at you know but yeah oh no I love your videos that's why I'm always like I love when and sometimes I do think that if they are kind of not all the time you appreciate them more as well and that's what I kind of feel um yeah. but then I'm like, oh no, I should be kind of putting out more, like you know, because you hear these new songs coming out, you're like, oh, you should get on top of it and do a cover, and mm. yeah, I don't know. We get, I, I, I don't know about you, but I get very, um, I get very obsessed about the teaching side of things and kind yeah. of focusing uh, in on lesson plans and kind yeah. of the songs for the students and kind of forget about myself. But I think this is the year. Yeah, this is the year for myself. I don't know about of you. Of course, yeah. Yeah, self-love and kind of pushing yourself a bit more. Because, I, yeah, I'm the same with my students as well. Like, I'd be like, oh, I'll cover this song. And then I'd be like, actually, no, that would suit so-and-so. I'm going to write down a few notes about that. And then I forget about it and I'm planning it for one of my students, you know. I think that it does happen a lot. You get kind of sidetracked. Like, yeah. Yeah. You and you did advertise for like some online masterclasses and stuff at at some point. Was it about a year or so ago? Is that still a thing? Like, or how did that go for you? Yeah, well, that's what I'm kind of doing at the minute. So that's what I kind of call it is the masterclass. The reason why I call it that is just because it's like what I do with my students mainly is get them to master a song really well. So I, you know, give them a song and, you know, go through each section of it and get them to master and then master the dynamic of their vocal and stuff like that. So that's why I named it that. But yeah, I started that at lockdown and yeah, it's still going great. Like I couldn't believe it, like the way it took off. I didn't expect it because really? I had no other choice but to kind of do that, you know, and I've always loved teaching. I did a bit of it years ago when I was in Teen Stars um, and I was teaching a bit then and I loved it. But then when lockdown happened, I said, look, I could do it online and I started and it just took off. Amazing. Is it group, is it group classes or is it one-to-one or? It's one-to-one, yeah. Yeah. One-to-one. Yeah. Very so good. It's, it's brilliant. Um. And how about yourself? Do you loved it as well? Yeah. Yeah. Like I've been teaching now f- since 2017, I think around then. Yeah. Um, you too, is it? Yeah. No, no. I'm since, I'm since a year ago now. Yeah. Oh. A year now. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it was like, it was really a case of a pe- like people just kept saying to me, you should do singing lessons. And I was like, I don't really know how to do singing lessons. Cause like I did, I didn't get do much singing lessons myself when I was younger um, I have now in the last three years or so, I've gone to, a, 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 you know, a good few singing lessons myself. Um, but I didn't really know the format or like what you do in a singing lesson or even like the different, I downloaded like lots of like backing tracks and things like, you know, the Funky and Fun, Janice, yeah. whatever her name is, Janice Chaplin, is it? No. Yeah. Funky and Fun anyway, all those. And like they really helped kind of give me, you know, content for the for the lessons and stuff. Um yeah. But yeah, I'm loving it. Like I only teach one day a week now because I'm back in college. So that's a full-time degree. What are you doing um, in college? Yeah, I went back um, uh-huh. last year. So uh-huh. What are you studying? I went back to do a music degree. Oh, amazing. Go you. I know because I spent literally like my whole 20s like going and doing different diplomas and this and that, like performing arts, music, events management, psychology, and all these different things going on and kept coming back to music and then I was like you know what I'm just gonna go do it I want to do a degree I want to I want to achieve that in my lifetime so 
Yeah, no, that's amazing. And, you know, especially with doing the lessons as well, you're tying into that and it's, oh, that's incredible. Well done. Yeah, yeah. it's it's great. Like I'm, I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely learning a lot about kind of, I suppose more like lesson planning and stuff like that. Like, um, like I would have done a lot of research myself online, but like, I guess I'm kind of learning like, like the way they format the lessons in college, like they'll have, you know, like maybe like a, an etude, like a little vocal study thing that you learn every semester that has different kind of challenges in it um, yeah. and d- different scales and like hour training and different things. So like yeah. it's kind of given me a bit of direction in that that sense, kind of to polish up the lessons. I would say, though, at this point, I'm only in my second year now, but I don't think you need to do a degree to do any vocal coaching or anything like that, just if anyone else is wondering. Um, yeah. Like, because everything that I've learned about that, I've learned by doing my own research and doing courses and stuff, and then from my own performance experience, you know, so it's yeah, definitely... I ask you that, is it? You know, because I've, I've studied performance in the gaiety, um, but mm-hmm. that's the only kind of qualification I have I teach based on experience and yeah. you know um, gig and stuff like that but I was going to ask you do you think it's worth doing it for teaching or you don't think so really the degree no. no no if I if I if I if, if, if you were if you were asking me like if you said yeah. you wanted to start going into like coaching or whatever what what should I do like like I started off as well when I first started coaching um the same as you like I was teaching based on experience and I was I was more more um focus on like the performance coaching side of things um and the dynamics and connection to the lyrics and like that kind of side of things and yeah. then showing them how to warm up their voice and vocal health as well and stuff like that you know the basic yeah, yeah. that yeah. side of things like, I started off like that but then I just wanted to learn more about the voice I wanted to learn more about the technique and like mm. what what's actually physically happening and with the anatomy and stuff like that so I started doing like different courses um like I don't know if you ever heard of the BAST course no. It's called Be a Singing Teacher. Oh, right. oh to, yes. Yeah, if you want to learn yeah. more, like if you want to go down that side of coaching, I would recommend it. Yeah. Because like, it taught me how to like diagnose vo- voices and stuff like that. Like yeah. to listen to vo- a voice and hear if there's like too much tongue tension and things oh, like that. So okay. like I'm still learning. Like it's it's go- it's always going to be a learning process, like forever. You know? But that's the thing, like, you know, because you hear of, and this is no disrespect to anybody who's done a music degree, I think that's amazing, or, you know, BIM or anything like that. But, you know, I think it's like, as you just said, you're always going to be learning. So even if you have done a course or a degree and you come out then and you start gigging, I think that's, you know, where a lot of the learning happens as well. And I think it's just, it always, you're always just going to be learning. So that's why I'm yeah. kind of like, you know... I love it though. I love that. I think that's what makes the industry so exciting as well. Obviously at the minute, it's not the most exciting place, but you know, um, I think it's, it's great when you even like learn a different songs and stuff, you're like, Oh, I didn't even know I had that part of my voice. So, you know, yourself kind of just, yeah. There's a lot to say. Like, I, like I have to say a lot of what I, what I incorporate into lessons and my, my own experience to date has been from actually just going out and doing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's some like say people in college who are just out of school like and haven't done much performing, you know, gigging and stuff like that. They might have done other things, musical theatre and that, but like they they will still learn a lot from the from the course. But I think the real learning, the real work is going to be done when they actually get out in the real world and start gigging. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they'll have a great foundation there. So like there's so oh, many different yeah. approaches and ways that you can that you can um I can go about it. Navigate your way through the world of of the music industry. Yeah. And so you mentioned as well about 
how much the music industry has changed. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that side of things? Yeah, I think it's weird, like, because, you know, um, years ago to build up a following, it was kind of nearly like, you know, you had to organically do it, as you say, you and I used to go out and do the pub competitions and the nightclub competitions. You'd have to kind of pull crowds in with you. There was no social media or anything like that. It was all just kind of like, oh, will you come texting to my competition that I'm doing? And you'd be trying to get busloads to go to these competitions. But now, and then obviously the whole CD world as well, you were trying to sell CDs or whatever. And now it's like, everything's online. It's all based online. Like, it's just like Spotify, like, you know, and I miss that whole kind of world of having, you know, I know that CDs are still sold and stuff, but I just miss that whole world of the hard copy CD and organically having to do stuff. It's just more natural. And I think the way it's gone now is a bit kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's a weird, it's a weird thing because it's kind of like Spotify, for example, has like given artists a platform um yeah but to be honest I don't think I really don't think Spotify is that great like it like unless you have a huge fan base yeah your music's not going to be pushed to to people like people are not going to see it and it's it's a weird thing like basically the way it works is like I thought when I subscribed to Spotify as a, a listener that the money that I pay every month my 10 or 15 euro will will be split between the artists that I listen to so I'd be there like you know play like playing the artists that I listen to you know trying to give them some plays but that's not how it works it's not really? how it works no it's oh. not how it works so basically how it works is the whole like the people the like the people who have like the most following following they get the most money and your money gets divided out into like this this like worldwide pot of money Oh. And they get the bigger, bigger, um, they actually get the bigger chunk of that. Like, I think it should change that so that like, if I listen to just your, you for this next month, you get my whole 10 to 15 euro. Yeah. I'll be like, Rebecca, thanks. You got me a tenner. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, obviously, right. obviously yeah. the record labels and Spotify themselves have to take a cut, but like the rest that, that leftover money should go to you. I don't yeah. think it should be split the way it's split. I think it's very, very unfair for any artist who doesn't have like a worldwide following no and like you know it is so hard to get any kind of following on it I like you know I find myself it's like I probably should push it a bit more but it's just I just find it's like you know it's impossible to get a following on it really unless you're getting on these playlists or you know it gets in something like Love Island or something like that you know it's just it's just a weird one Spotify I've feel yeah there's a kind of a lot of favoritism goes on in it and you know I think Taylor Swift had a big problem with it at one stage didn't she um I yeah I thought I, I forget what it was but I think there was something there yeah yeah but yeah I don't know I just kind of don't get that whole world I just don't think it's very real feeling or something well for anyone who's wondering the best way to support an artist is to buy a hard copy of their cd now you might not ever listen to the actual cd but download the digital track as well for euro and listen to it on spotify listen to listen to it on spotify anyway but like buy the cd like that's the best way to support an artist buy the cd buy the merch yeah oh absolutely and i'd love if like the whole turntable world came back as well and there was records like i love that yeah well there was like a bit of a boom on records over the last few years yeah but i haven't heard too much about it like in like recently it kind of it was more like of a niche thing but a lot of people were buying record players and like um, like my boyfriend's band, Crow Black Chicken, they would have ordered vinyls. Um, okay. 
the last time they they ordered like for their the the late whatever the last album is they have five albums <laughs> um oh, God, i didn't realize your boyfriend is a musician as well so two musicians i know yeah you're oh. and gus is a, a drummer right yeah yeah so just for anyone who doesn't know and my boyfriend's a bass player so ah, yeah because i remember people used to always say to me two musicians in a relationship just won't work i don't know why people say that i don't know maybe it's just like the creative minds or something it's yeah no like honestly I don't like I don't I think there might have only been like one or two people that I've dated over the years that weren't musicians oh really like I just I just don't think because I I remember before I dated a guy and he he didn't like the fact that like you know after a gig I'd be out networking and socializing he was jealous and I think not gonna work it's not gonna work so I think if you like with a date a musician dating a musician will understand the industry and they'll understand if you have to go off for a few weeks on tour they'll understand if you have to go off and do a bit of networking you know yeah whatever you know um but anyone who's not in the in the industry they Mm. might not have that same understanding they might find it difficult to to know and as well with with our work because it's so sporadic that we kind of have to go when it comes oh yeah it's like, like snapping it up yeah 100% 100% did you ever tour you said you did a bit of touring with Paddy Casey did you tour with your own own music at all no like I did Whelan's um with my own music and I did Ruby sessions and I kind of did all the the ones in Dublin to launch it and stuff like that but I didn't actually cover and tour and, and you know I think it was because I did get so kind of caught up in doing weddings that I did forget about kind of touring my original stuff a bit and that's why I kind of if I was to ever do an album again um, which I hope to, um, I would make sure that I put 110% into it to tour it because it obviously yeah. makes such a difference. Like if you're touring it, if you could get on a support slot, that would be amazing. I think that's really the way to get yourself out there in front of a, a mass audience, you know? Yeah, because like even say my partner's band, um, like sometimes they make more money selling merch than they do than um say like the door fee or the the fee the venue pays them so like yeah. there's a lot of like I think touring is a great way gigging live is a great way to to sell merch it is because people yeah. almost see it like kind of like a little token from the gig as well do you know yeah something that you can take home and have memory from the from the night or whatever yeah it's lovely Kim I think that like down the line we should like organize some kind of like female gig where we're Maybe we pick a theme and absolutely. like get a bunch of girls together and just yeah, have rock a, it. yeah, absolutely. I was only thinking that like throughout the call there, I was like, I'd love to set up something with you, like you know, and even collaborate, write something together as well. Yeah, and that'd be cool. Yeah, on the song and you know have a, a, a launch the single or something like that. Definitely, yeah, it's great. We could look at yeah, yeah, definitely because I, I I definitely think like collaborating is a great way to go. Do you know because oh, I love it. Yeah, it's like it's fun and you get to meet people and um yeah. kind of work in a different creative way to like the way you normally work and yeah, I love collaborating because like it just you get to learn so much about the other artists and songwriter as well, and you're both learning from each other, and it's just it's really lovely. Yeah, yeah. yeah so tell us where you'd like people to check it out and do you have anything coming up okay so I have my Facebook page which is just uh, Kim Hague Music and then the same on Instagram and um, I haven't joined the whole TikTok realm yet I don't know have you joined that yet no I know because I'm just I get so overwhelmed with social media like I do Instagram really I have a Facebook account which is kind of linked to my Instagram but yeah I don't know it's just there's a lot isn't there to keep up on 
That's the thing. I I just think with TikTok, I'm like, it's another thing that's going to take up time. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of these things, like, you know, Snapchat was huge for a while as well. I think Instagram and Facebook seem to be kind of the the really bedding ones that yeah, consistent. are staying around. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to waste a couple of hours a day on it. And then it's gone out of trend, you know. Um, yeah, that's how I feel about it. But yeah, Facebook... Instagram is where you can find me, Spotify as well. And um, please have a listen to the album. And um yeah. Yeah, I'll pop all your links um into the the description of the video anyway. So yeah. um people can check them out nice and easily. There's lots of like cool videos for them to watch and yeah, definitely. Have you got a band camp actually where people can like buy hard copies of CD- of your music or anything? No, but that's something that I'd love to do, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So what do you do with that? You see, I'm terrible with some of this stuff. I never know. <laughs> what about like do a band camp thing where you can get CDs? Yeah, it's like, it's just like a website. Most bands just use it. Like you can have your a bio and stuff on that, like that kind of like a profile. Um, But you can like set up a shop for merch and CDs and stuff like that. And people can download a digital copy, but they can also order like hard copies of your of your of your albums and EPs and t-shirts or whatever you want to have uploaded on it oh amazing yeah I'll send you the link to mine afterwards um just so you can see what it's like but most most a lot of artists now would have a band camp like for it's when they were to sell their merch yeah and have you been doing much songwriting yourself Rebecca do you know I've like I've literally had this conversation a couple of times I haven't um but I've been so wanting to for like like the last year I've been really really craving to write but I've just like been so busy with mainly teaching it's really taken away from the creative side of like writing and stuff for me yeah and then obviously the degree as well so like Mm. like I just really want to dedicate this year to like writing again it's very important and I think now is you know there's no better time really than to do that and you know get creative and yeah, because like writing is so therapeutic, I find. Yeah, like I had I had um a guy messaged me a while ago and he asked if I would do like a, a kind of a collaboration with him. Yeah. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so hopefully that will happen. Um we'll see how that goes. That that that'll be kind of probably kind of like bluesy, kind of something oh, along nice. the bluesy genre. Um but I I think I have a little goal of my own to release a single this year. Oh so, amazing. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, it'll be It'll, it won't be under like the band name she speaks but it'll probably be, I might come up with like I just don't like the idea of like selling I don't like the idea of my own name my my name is shit like as a stage name so I want to like come up with some stage What's name but I feel well like how do you say it Rebecca Kyo Rebecca Kyo <laughs> it doesn't really like sound very it does beautiful around things so Rebecca Kyo no I do like that or <laughs> it's like Rebecca yeah, I thought of that as well. I did think of just Rebecca. Yeah, that yeah. could work. Yeah. Oh, that's I, exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And have you plans to write this year, like your own stuff? Or? No, you see, what's happened with me is kind of with the covers have kind of really taken over because we've done about seven now, but we're aiming to get like 12 of them done like an album's worth. And I think that that's what we're just really trying to churn out. And we don't want to rush them either because we're obviously being very kind of you know, we're really making sure that we're happy with them. Um, so I think as soon as that's the 12 of them are done, then I'll feel like, right, okay, here we go. I'm going to write something. Take yeah. a break from the covers for a while and write them. Yeah.